Are you trying to stay up to date on crypto events? Well, you're in luck because we have another cryptocurrent for you right here, right now on The Cryptocracy. Welcome back, Cryptocrats. This is this week's Cryptocurrent, where we bring you all things current events dealing with cryptocurrency and blockchain. So I am joined by Crypto Corey. How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. It's going to be a fun cryptocurrent. It's always a fun cryptocurrent, I feel like. So I guess this is just par for the course. But let's jump right in. We have some exciting stories. First, uh, we've mentioned him before, but Robert Kiyosaki, uh, many of you know him as the author to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is a pretty popular book among, I, I don't know, people interested in... It, it, was, uh, I don't it, know. it was a good book, um, really popular, I want to say in the late 90s, maybe early 2000s, uh, basically on, on real estate investing. Yeah. I, I read it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I never bought any real estate, but uh, I, I have thought it not, was interesting. I have not bought any real estate either, and I've also not bought the book. So it shows you what I know about him. But he has. He, we've mentioned him before on cryptocurrency. Yes, we have. Um, he's got some things to say about cryptocurrency. And he's, he's a fan of cryptocurrency, right? Yeah, very much so. Okay. So he's got some crazy things to say. He's, so he's waiting for Bitcoin to hit $1,100 before buying more. Is that... That, that is correct. That is uh, pretty wild, I think. It, uh, so... I, I mean, Bitcoin's been down, right? Yeah. It's, it's been it, down, but it's... It, it has been down. Look, look, I just want to be clear. We do not give financial advice. So what I'm about to say, although it may sound like financial advice, you must take this with a grain of salt because it is not financial advice. But I am telling you, if Bitcoin hits $1,100... You need to pull a Michael Saylor, sell everything you own, sell your cars, sell your kids, sell your clothes, go naked. I don't care. Don't buy food, eat, you know, eat dirt and put every dollar you can in Bitcoin. Buy as much Bitcoin as you can. Uh, Sell your house, live in a tent, because if Bitcoin hits $1,100, you are nuts if you don't buy as much as you can. That's the only time you'll hear me pull a Michael Saylor. Um, And if you've listened to us before, you know... uh, you know our take on what Michael Saylor has said about uh, how you should acquire Bitcoin. It's not going to eleven hundred bucks. Now, I I could be wrong. I am not a rich dad. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not quite a poor dad either. I'm some sort of an in between dad. Um, so you know, Robert Kiyosaki certainly is a lot more successful than I am if you're going to measure success in terms of money. Um, but I do not agree with him. It's, he's nuts. It's not going to eleven hundred. Maybe you just need to write a book. I, if it does, will we will delete this episode of the cryptocurrency. Okay. You have you heard it from Corey. So I you know, I I struggle with Robert Kiyosaki, and I think we probably said this the last time that we talked about him. Um when I when I read his book, I was a lot younger and very impressionable. And I and I thought at the time and, and maybe even now there there is some value to what he says about real estate uh investing. However, I just think some of the things that he's done and, and promoted since then, um I, I just wouldn't take his advice on cryptocurrency or really anything outside of, of real estate. Um, I've read a little bit of the things that he posts on his website, and I just don't I don't think everything he says is is correct. Hopefully he's not one of our nine or eight listeners um, and doesn't hear this and, and doesn't get offended. He, well, 
he better have tough skin. I mean, if you're in the public spotlight, like he is, I'm sure he's got pretty tough skin. Maybe we could have him on the podcast. On the cryptocracy. That would be interesting. Then we'd become big fans. We'd be, oh yeah, we would sell out so fast. Um, all right. Well, let's, that being said, let's jump to our next story. So India, our friends um, on the other side of the world. So there. So let's set some, set some context first. I think for this story, India they're they're pretty strict on crypto, right? Yeah, they they've well, been, like more strict than say the United States. Yeah, they they've been uh, really tough on crypto, uh, even going so far as to ban it and then unbanning it, and then deciding that they're going to uh, heavily regulate it through taxation. Um, I've heard a, I've heard as much as like a thirty percent tax on it, maybe maybe even higher. Um, so you know, try, trying to figure out where India's stance is on crypto, they've they've literally been all over the place and probably will uh, continue uh, to do so. Um, but, but this story is really interesting because this is an organization. Uh, they're, they're, they have an organization in there uh, that is looking at crypto and is convinced that there are four, at least four hundred crypto advertisements that are violating the guidelines in India. And what it has to do with is that crypto is really taking off with influencers and uh, sports uh, figures. And what they said is that they don't know what they're talking about, that they're just really ignorant of the actual technology, what things are, what, what they're used for, and are just, because they're getting paid, they're just saying, hey, go buy uh, this coin. And so I think it's just a really good reminder uh, that there is a lot of hype in this industry. And it is my opinion that 99% of all coins are going to zero because they just don't have the utility, the utility. They don't have the use case. They don't have the ability to uh, weather uh, the storm long term. Um, So just keep that in mind. If you're listening to an influencer, uh, someone on Twitter, uh, some celebrity uh, comes out and says, use this exchange, buy this coin. Uh, Don't, don't take their advice. Do your own research. Uh, don't even take crypto Corey's advice. Just do your own research and uh, have a really good thesis for investing that goes beyond just the hype. Yeah. Well, and I like to point out that part of doing your own research could be listening to this podcast. I think that's important to slide. We in are there. the best place to We're the best do place research to do research. There's eight people who can vouch for that. Um, but yeah, no, that's a good point. Always, always do your own research before making any big decisions when it comes to crypto all right let's move to our next story and this is some pretty i don't know it's pretty big i think so the sec securities and exchange commission that's a united states thing for those of you who are listening outside of the united states and i I don't know what how do you describe what they do they regulate they basically re- regulate uh, a lot of things, investment yeah. uh, instruments. So stocks, um, bonds, uh, certain derivatives. Well, most most derivatives um, fall under the the uh, purview of the uh, SEC, the Securities and uh, is it Securities and Exchange or the Securities Exchange Commission? Um, could be. Yeah, it's, could a, be it's the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, um, and. 
And Gary Gensler has come out and he has said that Bitcoin is a commodity. Now, do, do you know why that's a big deal, Josh? Uh, well, I'm assuming it's a big deal because he, I mean, the head of the SEC, if he's saying that, I mean, that's got to mean some stuff, especially because they do regulate a lot of stuff. But, but don't. I, I don't, I know like the word commodity means stuff and it's important, but I, specifically in the situation, I'm going to leave it up to you to tell our listeners why that's a big now, deal. The SEC doesn't regulate commodities. Oh, they don't? No. So that's why it's a big deal. Yes. So they don't, that falls under the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, the CFTC, which a lot of, which you don't really hear about. You hear a lot more about the, the SEC than you do the CFTC. Uh, and, and that's because there's a lot more uh, securities uh, that people are investing in or, or are familiar with. Most of us aren't buying um, soybean futures. Um, we're buying uh, Bitcoin or, yeah. or uh, Tesla or, or any number of, of stocks that are easy uh, for us to buy. So that's why you hear a lot about the SEC. That's why people get in trouble with the SEC because sometimes um, executives uh, make statements that they really legally shouldn't have made or they buy and sell stock uh, because they have insider information, which is known as insider trading, which as a side note, just so that all of you out there know, if you are in the U.S. government and are a member of the House or the Senate, you are exempted from insider trading rules. That means that you can drop a bill that you know will move a freeway over to what used to be a worthless piece of property and make it now you know, really easily publicly accessible or maybe a bridge is going to be built over to your property where there wasn't a bridge before. And, and you go out and buy this worthless piece of property and then uh, are instrumental in getting that bridge built, then your property skyrockets. You cannot be prosecuted for it. So insider trading happens all the time. It's a, it's a well-known thing that uh, people go to the House of Representatives and to the Senate, um, just average citizens, and they come back. Multimillionaires. Multimillionaires. And so it begs the Which question. Which their salary is not a multi-million no, dollar. No, uh, they're, they're in the 180s, 190,000, which seems like a lot of money, but it's really expensive um, to live in Washington. And most well, of them. Yeah, most of them have houses yeah, in most their of them have home houses, states. Yeah, in their home states and districts, and, et cetera. And have an apartment or something there in DC. In, in DC. So it is, it is expensive um, to, to be in this role. So I don't, I certainly don't begrudge them um, that money. Um, knowing that that it you know it can it's a, it's a fair wage yeah it, it's a fair f- for, for what they do but how they become multimillionaires is just not honest yeah. I mean let let's just finally let, well, let's just be open about it I, I'm pretty sure Mitch McConnell and to name some names uh, besides Harry Reid Mitch I, we're, McConnell we're gonna lose uh, Nancy Pelosi what if they're both. one of our so listeners a, a Republican and a Democrat yep, so Republican and Democrat we're not we're not picking sides here both of them I think they're like portfolio returns. Like dwarf, even have been ridiculous. Like the biggest hedge fund manager investment people on Wall Street. Yeah, well, so, I mean, again, if you make the laws, it's easy to invest easy, in the companies exactly. that you know will benefit from it. Yeah. Anyways, so having said that, um, but you hear a lot about the the SEC because people get in trouble for insider trading and and just irregular things that take place with um, with stocks. I myself, uh, the company that I work for, um, there are only about let's see. In between the times that we give our our uh, quarterly reports, um, there's a there's a blackout period, 
So I can only buy and sell my stocks um, two days after we give our quarterly report until the 15th of the month following. So that's usually somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 to, to 30 days. And I get that four, four times a year. So there's basically four, a little less than four months out of the year that I can actually buy and sell my stocks. If I were a member of Congress, I could buy and sell these stocks all day long. So, you know, it's just not, um, it's just not cool. So the interesting thing about this whole thing, I know we got a little long winded on it, is that declaring Bitcoin as a commodity just kind of uh, throws a monkey wrench in the whole SEC is going to regulate all of crypto. Now, he specifically said that Bitcoin is the only one that he's going to call a commodity. Uh, he said, some like Bitcoin, and that's the only one I'm going to say are commodities. But he did say some like Bitcoin. So in his mind, there are, are a few of them. Um, what does that mean? Well, it means that if he's drawing that line in the sand that some are commodities, then it's it's um, the corollary to that is that some are not, are, are not commodities. So would those then be under the purview of the SEC? Yes. And if they are securities, then you have to behave a certain way. And so some, um, in my opinion, the way that ICOs were done, and you really don't see those anymore, uh, but the ICOs that were really popular in uh, 2017 uh, violated the, the you know, the, the any SEC regulations. They were unregulated securities. Uh, they weren't, I'm mean, sorry, they were unregistered securities. And there's just no question in my mind that if you are, if you're using an ICO and using a cryptocurrency, as a form of stock in in that company um, and selling it, you are really, it's a securities instrument. And I just don't see that there's a a way around it. And that's primarily why I think you don't really see ICOs anymore. But there's a lot of talk around Ethereum and the way um, that Vitalik went about uh, raising money. There was a a lot of Ethereum that was pre-mined um, he talked a lot about investing, uh, in the technology and, and it was seen kind of like an investment almost in, in the Ethereum system. And so there are, you know, a fair number of people who, who are, who are credible, uh, who say that, that Ethereum is a security and, um, you know, the way that the money was raised was probably a violation of, of the securities laws because it was an unregistered security. I don't know where I come down on it. Certainly not a legal expert uh, in this field. Um, but I, I think it's going to be hard to show that buying something that's generated by the software itself um, and saying that you're investing in a security because you're buying something that is generated by the software, um, I'm not certain that that will show up because that really doesn't exist anywhere. Most of the time when you're dealing with a security, you're, you're creating this other instrument that represents some sort of ownership in a company strictly for the purpose of having ownership in the company. Like there's, there's no utility in my stock. I can't, I don't, I don't use the stock I get from my company to do transactions on my company's network. I buy the stock to hold it because I think the stock is going to appreciate and in some cases, you buy a stock because you think it'll appreciate, but you also get dividends, which are shares uh, of the company's profits. It's hard to say that when I when I invest in Ethereum, and we're just talking about Ethereum right now, when I invest in Ethereum, that that's a security because the Ethereum is also necessary to make the blockchain work. 
if I want to do some form of work on that blockchain, I must spend that Ethereum. And that use case is, is just really unique to blockchain and really, in my mind, sets it apart from a security. And so I find it really hard to believe that uh, things like Ethereum really violate the SEC or should come over under the purview of the SEC. ICOs, completely different thing. They're, they're creating a cryptocurrency that was only supposed to be, you know, part ownership in a company. And there really wasn't utility in those coins to operate um, on the network for most of them. There were some other ones where the cryptocurrency was going to allow them to, um, there was one company that I invested in that, that was going to build a music platform and pay the artists in the cryptocurrency. And then you would also use the cryptocurrency to, to buy songs from the artist um, that would then be stored on the blockchain. And, the, and they had a player that was hooked up to the blockchain. Um, I, I would have a hard time believing that, that could be or would be classified as a security. But again, I'm not a legal expert. So we got long-winded on this again. You know, Crypto Corey likes to go off on a... Well, there's a lot of information on, there. On a bit of a rant. Um, I just think that this is, this is earth-shattering. Uh, Bitcoin's not a commodity. Um, I think that really frees up a lot of the exchanges to be able to to um, allow you to trade it and not. Um, I don't think that the, the, that they will get away with not being regulated under some form, but it really muddies the water as to whether or not the SEC should be involved in a in an exchange that may just um, only trade Bitcoin. Why, why would he do that? Because it seems to me that he's giving up a little bit of his own regulatory power <laughs> by saying it's a commodity and therefore falls under. Yeah, a I, different domain. I only maybe is he I, a believer? I be, no, what is he a believer in crypto? What is his thoughts? Well, yeah. So let me. What are his? Let thoughts? me just give yeah, crypto Corey's personal take on it. Um, again, I always say we don't want to get political, and, th- and then we go off into a, a political tirade. Um, I have always liked Gary Gensler. Um, prior to him, uh, you know, becoming the head of the SEC. When uh, he first came on the radar to me, when I heard that his name was being floated as, um, you know, the the next, uh, I guess, the chair of the SEC, um, and I, I went and watched a lot of of the videos that he had that are that are free. You can still watch them. Um, at least last I checked, you could. Uh, where, where he taught a, a course on blockchain at MIT, and really liked the guy. Um, he was a delightful teacher. He was very engaging. It's just hard to not like the person Gary Gensler. Now, after he, he you know, he's gotten you know into a position of authority, some of the things that he's come out with, like this whole green initiative as part of the reporting requirements for um for a, a publicly traded company are just stupid. If you want to make companies uh, be responsible for their environmental impact, fine. Regulate them through the EPA and and make that a, a valid regulation, but to tie it to your ability to sell a stock as a as a, a required reporting for for stocks, that's just silly. Um, we, we are a nation of laws. Um, I I do not agree with the fact that uh, that we do a lot of things through executive fiat, meaning that uh, Congress abdicates its duties to pass real laws because they might be unpopular, so they just punt it to some um, crony who's a lifer at some or you know uh, regulation agency who then can just make up rules that become de facto laws. That's just not how the nation's... Yeah, there's no representation there's there. There's no representation there. And you can't fire these guys. 
Uh, the only thing that you can do is make a, a big stink about the individual, vote for the other party, and then hope that that party throws them out. What a horribly inefficient system. The bottom line is, is that the Senate, the House, and the President are derelict in their duties. If you really believe in this, then you get a law out on the floor, you go on record voting for it, and you pass the law. And then you stand behind it and take your lumps. Maybe it gets you thrown out of office. Maybe it doesn't. But but they're cowards, the majority of them. And I, and this I'm not afraid to say. I'll, I'll say it to any of their faces. In my opinion, the majority of the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House are just flat-out cowards. They will not bring things to, to the floor to vote that they know that their uh, particular party sponsors want, we the people, because they don't want to vote on something that might be unpopular. So they delegate it to an unelected official who then passes a rule that you really have no recourse over except to fight it through the court systems. So once again, we didn't want to get political and boy. Well, and this is specifically we, the United States. So. Yeah. So we so we got political there again. But um, long story short, I do like Gary Gensler. I do think um, one-on-one he's a good guy. I do think he is pro-crypto. I think he's kind of in a hard spot where he's at. A lot of the people in his particular party, the Democrat party, really want crypto uh, to be treated with a heavy hand. <clears throat> Talking to you, uh, E. Warren. Um, uh, so, so you know, I, I, I do like him, but um, I'm not happy with everything that he's done. I'll, I'll just leave it there. All right. Well, that is a very spicy take on Gary Gensler for you coming from the one and only Crypto Corey. Well, that about wraps it up for, well, that does, I should say. Better wrap it up. I mean, this is probably the longest crypto current we've ever done. Ah, is it? I don't know. I feel like it went pretty fast, but that's because I was just having so much much fun. Maybe he can cut out most of my inflammatory remarks. So Elizabeth Warren doesn't come down on you? I don't care about E. Warren. That's fair. All right. Well, with that being said, remember to give us a follow on either twitter or instagram at the underscore cryptocracy on twitter and at the cryptocracy on instagram and stay cryptic Mm